Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, along with Kyle Davis. We will get you in tune with everything that is going on with the Toronto Rock. A very busy time of year. The busiest part of the schedule. Four games in ten days. The Rock have knocked off two of them. Both wins. Friday night, an overtime win against Georgia. And then Saturday night, a convincing 13-7 win over the Vancouver Stealth and KD. Um, obviously this weekend could not have gone any better for the Toronto Rock than the way it did. No, not at all. And if I take it back, I, I believe it started with two smart guys in the podcast last week calling two wins this weekend, <laughs> right? That's where Yeah, but let's keep it in perspective. I think we're both eight and five on the air. <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, couldn't win any better. Great weekend to go down to Georgia pick up that win the team yeah. you're you know you're you're chasing for first place in the east which is still very very much attainable and and the way they got that win right a bit of a i was tracking it at home a bit of a slow start i think you could say in the first quarter um you know down at half went in obviously looking at scott scott fox on the snapchat takeover looks like they made a couple small adjustments at halftime and and, and it paid off in the second half and you know character win the a kind of win that the boys are jacked about after the game. They're jacked to get to the rink the next day, and I think it just flowed great all weekend, and it showed even in the Saturday performance as well that you know they, they were excited to be there and excited to play, and we're playing with a purpose. Speaking of smart guys on the podcast, I was not one last week. I, I got it completely wrong as to what uh, the goaltending situation was going to be. And, and you nailed it uh, perfectly that Nick Rose would play both games on uh, over this past weekend, Friday and Saturday night. Um, Rosie just, you know, he was he was good Friday. He was great in the second half. Only let in one goal in the last uh, quarter. Shut them out basically for the last 14 minutes plus overtime. And then even Saturday night, he'd only let in one goal to the half. So he had gone three quarters. He let in two goals. Like, Rosie, every once in a while, it seems like he gets into this zone where he will go long stretches, where he just shuts a team down. And obviously also compliments, uh, you know, and props go to the defense in this situation. But, you know, what can you say about a performance? He, you know, shut the door when you needed to on Friday and then only allow seven goals on Saturday. Just uh, unbelievable back-to-back performance. Yeah, no, it, it was awesome. And, you know, the, the Georgia game, they were down too for the majority of the game. And it needed some saves at some some critical times. Like if a couple of those drop and the and that lead opens up a bit, who knows what that outcome turns out to be? Um, so I thought that was huge. And Saturday was just d- dominant. I mean, I have my own views on on the Georgia or sorry the Vancouver's you know makeup of the offense. A little confused at times how you know they have two goals at half with a hundred point guy up in the press box, but the guys that were on the floor were obviously playing playing to score. And Rosie just was having nothing to do with it there was nothing was getting them by him early and I mean I felt like that game was over after the first you know first 20 minutes yeah it was uh you know you always it feels like expect more out of Vancouver because they do have so many great offensive weapons and you did mention and you know without going too far into this but having you know a guy Garrett Billings we we all saw what he was capable of while he played here for the Toronto Rock He's sitting in the press box and the team is having trouble scoring goals, which obviously leaves a lot of people, uh, you know, around the league, you know, scratching their heads, I'm sure, in some fashion. Um, but, you know, we, we won't get into the game coming up this weekend just yet, but I'm sure that's going to be something we're going to talk about here when we uh, when we get to that later on in the show. But 
Um, the Vancouver Stealth just looked like they, you know, where where were they going to find? Who were they going to lean on? Where were they going to go to find success or something to something to lean on to get them back in that lacrosse game Saturday? I just don't know who it is. Like, who's the defensive guy that you go and say he's going to be our our guy who's going to go out and shut down the other team's guy? You know, Belanger is still doesn't really have a proven track record as a starter in this league and and you know with the exception of a couple of games this year you know hasn't exactly set the world on fire but he's had a couple of really good games that have obviously boosted his stats and uh offensively you'd think reese dutch should be the guy that you know everybody jumps on his back or or maybe it's Corey small i mean uh top scorer in the league and whatnot but I just don't know who you turn to on that other side. And, and uh, it seemed just like they, uh, they were the team that maybe played back to back and not the rock. Yeah. And that's what I, you know, going into the game, I was a little worried about just Vancouver in town, good sleep, good meal. And you're here in Toronto, you know, flying, landing at two. It was kind of a discombobulated day, rushing, you know, not pregame meal off, nap off, whatever the whole routine off. I thought, Vancouver should have been coming out flying and getting a jump on Toronto early essentially and you know jumping on them while they were you know maybe a little rusty or slower getting into the game and the complete opposite happened they I mean I was as a Toronto Rock fan and I was I was happy with the outcome but I I don't think anyone in Vancouver could have been thrilled with how that night went I just felt they were just off kilter you know a couple questionable play calls timeout calls even you know kind of funny though Rosie's goal kind of summed it up there with their defender just kind of fumbling the ball around it yeah and he could have felt like just from viewing he could have just you know simply caught that ball and and yeah I mean as that ball was in the air McFetridge is going back and you know he even did you know have a chance to basically take a swipe at it and it just yeah (laughs) absolutely what you said you know it pretty much summed up their game there there's a, a chance for them to you know Toronto, you know, for all intents and purposes, really rubbing a little bit of salt in the wound there with an empty netter up 12-7, and that's the 13th goal. And, uh, you know, you win by six. But, um, you know, McFetridge was right there and had every opportunity to just at least slow it down, knock it away. Something other than what Interfere with it in some way. But, you know, he was right there and it still got by him. So, um, obviously, I'm fortunate for Vancouver, but they're by no means – out of it at all in the uh, in the West Division, things uh, remain tight out there, um, just as they do really in the East and uh, everybody else that's behind uh, Georgia and Toronto. But um, this will be a very very interesting weekend coming up, and we'll talk a little bit about it later on uh, in the show. But the next thing we'll just kind of jump into before we uh, welcome our guests into the studio today will be uh, the trade deadline. Kind of comes and goes. Not a lot, obviously, happens usually at the trade deadline. I think internally in the office, we set the over-under at 0.5. So there were some people taking the under there. Um, Myself, I I didn't think there was going to be a single trade, but we did have, um, I guess, one transaction or two, however the way you want to put it. Regardless, uh, the league went over the number. But uh, nothing of significance, really. I mean, Creighton Reed, he's a steady defender, uh, a guy who was part of the 2011 Toronto Rock Championship team here, uh, a great team guy, and seems to be able to maybe pop you a goal once in a while when you need it. And then, you know, Brad Self, who ends up going to Colorado for, um, you know, Reed in the original part of the deal, and also for, uh, you know, some personal reason that it's a, a better fit for him right now in, in his life with his family and some. Uh, personal issues going on there but um, 
Nothing dramatic. I mean, Self, though, is having a, a fantastic season at his age still. You know, last year, transition player of the year, and, and he'll definitely help that uh, Colorado team for sure. But um, I, I guess we maybe can move on from this quickly. But <laughs> yeah. no no real surprise here that, that it was fairly quiet. No, pretty quiet. And looking back, it's better we didn't go on air Monday yeah. for, for a trade center <laughs> day by any means. But uh, – yeah, and it came in late. I remember asking you at like 2.45 if there was anything coming through, and nope, no. nothing. But, uh, you know, you mentioned self having a great year, and Colorado, they just beat Saskatchewan. They obviously feel, you know, as tight as it is over there, they can compete for to come out of the West. And guy having a great year like that, veteran presence, I'm sure they feel can help him or help them out. Uh, ultimately, I think you're still going to have to go through Saskatchewan, so just depth can't hurt. And Creighton Reed, a steady guy that, uh, you know, Calgary obviously doesn't feel out of it either. Like, it is that tight in the parity in this league, and hopefully, uh, you know, he can go in and help them out. Buffalo grabs a couple picks, and I guess that's the extent of our deadline. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it's weird one. Like we talked about last week on the, on the podcast here, just the – you know just how tough it is to really make a trade at this at this point in the season because you've got a whole bunch of really good lacrosse players on every team it's not like you know some teams sure are better than others some teams have a better mix than others but i don't think anybody's sitting there going well geez we're like three offensive guys away from competing or you know we're we need we need to bring in two d guys here to even have a chance you know whereas in the national hockey league something that i feel like we obviously try to compare a lot to in terms of rosters and whatnot uh especially up in these parts um you know you go into the trade deadline you think you know if, if you could pick up a, a number two defenseman and maybe a number seven depth guy like that's going to help you in the playoffs it just doesn't just doesn't work that way in the nll so uh a very uh very quiet trade trade deadline comes and goes toronto rock don't do anything jamie dowick uh pretty public uh, about his uh thoughts and uh tweeted out that he was Quite happy with his group, and uh, fittingly, he is going to be our first guest on the uh, on the podcast here today. So we'll take a short break. We'll get Jamie set up and in here, and uh, we'll talk trade deadline, the the weekend that has just passed, and and what he expects from his team coming up this weekend with a game in Vancouver Friday and in New England on Sunday. A short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access, and then we'll be back with the boss. We're usually on the serious tip. Check it out. Tonight we're going to flip and trip and let it all hang out tonight. We're going to say what we like. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock here with Kyle Davis. We're getting you caught up on what was a very busy weekend with the Toronto Rock. We'll also talk trade deadline a little bit and uh, always a quiet one usually in the NLL. And this past week uh, was no exception. But we now welcome into the studio our first guest on the program, the Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing? Good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, to jump right into things, uh, obviously an incredibly busy weekend for the team. The first of uh, the first two of four games over a 10-game stretch probably couldn't have gone any better um, at all for the team. But uh, Friday night, let's start with the game in Georgia and just uh, obviously a pretty gutsy win, a game that uh, the team trailed for the most part but was able to rally late and pull out the victory. Yeah, I mean um... – we needed we needed to go down there and win a game. I mean, for for lots of reasons. Number one, um, you know, any shot at chasing Georgia down for first in the division. If we had lost that game, we would have, I think, essentially been three games behind them and a tiebreaker. So, you know, from that standpoint, and and 
you know, we we lost, I think, three of our last four games. And, yeah, there were some overtime games in there and this and that. But we needed a... We needed to go down there and have a good performance, and we started a little slow, but we kind of got going in the second half. I thought we were really good, and if it, w- if it wasn't for Pooley, I thought we might have, you know, not needed overtime to get that game done. But uh, he, that it was it was a huge win, and uh, you know, I know Scott was with us and, and doing the Snapchat takeover. The room was it, it was big. It was one, a real good moment for the team in the room, and and we needed that. And you talk about that being a big moment. Uh, head coach Matty Sawyer had talked so much about, uh, and maybe a level of frustration was starting to, I think, come out a little bit in some of his post-game comments about the team not being able to pull out those close games just yet, and the young team eventually was going to have to learn how to do it. Obviously, they, d- they do it Friday night. Um, how did you see that, uh, I guess, result and confidence level carry over into Saturday? Yeah, it absolutely did because, you know, we decided not to fly out real early out of Georgia on Saturday at 6 o'clock. We decided to take a 11 o'clock flight. So um, we didn't have a lot of time there. Travel was going to be a factor, but, you know, we had practiced Tuesday, played well Friday. Everyone was feeling real good. I, I, I felt like we were just going to ride that momentum right into – well, I, ho- I was hope. we were gonna ride that momentum right into Saturday and that's exactly what happened and um you know our defense and Rosie set the tone and the offense kind of took over and it was you know one of our more dominant performances of the year I thought and um and and that's on the back end of two games so uh it, it, it was a huge weekend for the team and and um you know but I'll give you the line it's in the past I mean <laughs> you know we got another big weekend ahead of us here and and if we really you know want to make those two wins huge you know we need to go we need to go out on the road this weekend and have another weekend here and uh and if we do that then uh, you know we'll find ourselves probably in a really good position now coming into training camp there was there were obviously lots of jobs open lots of opportunity for guys to step up um Coming out of training camp, Reed Reinhold was not a guy that was on the active roster. He eventually got his opportunity. You know, he he made good in uh, Rochester early in the season, back to the practice roster, and then kind of it seems as though he's found himself a pretty regular spot now. But maybe talk just a little bit about how he has kind of realistically here, you know, and honestly surpassed a couple of other guys on the depth chart now on the left side and, and seems to have found with the way the roster set up and whatnot now a pretty permanent home now on the active roster yeah reads a reads a great story for for everyone really i i believe undrafted maybe a year ago something like that to be honest with you probably the one guy i knew the least about um coming into camp and and you know we were we were looking for some players and we we're looking for guys on the left side and and reed was going to school at western and you know he was available and and we contacted him and he had some interest so he he I didn't know as much about it I'd heard some good things from some guys that have played with him and and this and that so he came and he came in here and made an impression right away I mean even though he he comes out of camp on the practice roster um he definitely made an impression impression on the coaching staff right away and he's just he's continued to work a good kid uh, we got a lot of good kids on this I see kids but we got we're young but these guys are good kids and the, and he's come in here and he's just worked and he was on the practice roster he got an opportunity 
played well. Uh, you know, in the lineup, we beat Saskatchewan there. Um, you know, him and Caputo. Uh, it, it was huge. And But then he goes back down and, you know, just keeps working. And, and then he got back in and seems to have kind of found his groove. And him and Steph seem to be kind of finding a little, um, you know, they're gelling and, and now Turner's back. So, yeah, it's uh, – you know, it's that classic. Like we we really did have the opportunity with our roster this year for people to come in and take jobs because there weren't that many committed. So, um, you know, just another example of a guy doing that. And uh, you know, I like watching him play. It's fun. Big <laughs> big, big big weekend for that kid. Yeah. Well, and, and you talked about just the the new the the kids. I mean, I, I'm going over the roster yesterday and looking. You know last year's team previous club or whatever and on the active roster um there's not one guy who played for a different nll team you know the previous year the guys who didn't play for the rock last year six rookies you know it's uh it's incredible you know the turnaround in one year here yeah it is but you know i'm gonna say we're 13 games in now we're we're well into the push here to to get our spot hopefully in where we're gonna find ourselves heading into the playoffs and and you know they're not rookies anymore I mean yeah they're this is their first year in the league but the all all those guys all six of those guys are playing quality big time minutes for this team and and a big reason why we are eight and five currently so um yeah it's it's been fun it's a fun group um you know hence why we didn't really do anything at the at the deadline there wasn't really anyone to be honest with you that I really wanted to move off of our roster you know and, and there's just not no spots available to just be bringing guys in you know without someone going out so uh, I, I really do like this group I think we're coming together I think we're coming together at the right time and I, I think our best lacrosse is ahead of us. And I'll just I'll let Kyle jump in here in one sec. One other last quick comment about the rookies that I was super impressed with just on Friday night was, um, you know, the team needs a stop on defense. Jordan Magnuson loses the draw, I believe, in overtime. And I see Latrell Harris as the guy coming off the bench in overtime to be part of the core group on D to get that stop that you need. I thought that was uh, quite a statement really overall just on where this team is at, the confidence level in the young guys. And not only that, but there's reason for confidence because the guys have played well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're all being used, as I said, in important parts of the game and important minutes. And, uh, you know, we are where we are. Big reason because of those guys. So, um, you know, they're just part of the team. And, uh, you know, one goal kind of win. That's that, that's all that really matters. And I just you mentioned the uh, the trade deadline there, how you know vote of confidence to the group, the current group, which uh, which I think is great. But I just wondered uh, if you had some insight just around the league. Obviously, there was only the one or two trades, I guess, the three way trade. But uh, you know, were the phones active? Were people trying? Were people calling, sniffing around, or how, how'd that process work out? Well, the phone, the phones are kind of <laughs> active. A lot, you know, to be honest with you, it's a lot of a lot of what do you, what are you doing? You got anything going on this and that? And I, I'm not big for playing that game. If I, if I want to go get something, I'm, I'm going to come at you and I'm going to make you an offer for something. And I have a price in mind. So, you know, I'm busy enough. I don't, I don't need to socialize just to try and come up with something, you know, let's talk and see if we can figure something out. 
you know, I know if I want something from you. And, and so I, I wasn't too active on, you know, there, I talked to half the teams and most of those conversations were really, are you doing anything? And, you know, the, the, the answer was pretty short and sweet. It was no. Um, you know, obviously I've had an opportunity to improve the team and I, I thought I would have taken it. But, um, you know, it didn't come it didn't come my way. And, you know, Maddie and I talked about it after the weekend and you know we just kind of looked at each other and said like we're good here like that we're this this is our group and and we, and we feel good about it so uh you know um i look look forward to the remainder of the season with this with this team and uh, you know without making a move we still did see a player come back that hasn't played this year in brock Sorensen. and how important was it uh you know from your end to get a little healthier from the uh people that are injured i guess currently right now and what do you think of brock's play over the uh you know the two back-to-back games there yeah well i mean there you go so that's like an uh, are we have we've been fortunate to go pretty healthy this year um you know and maybe we're we're due because of the nonsense we went through last year but it's great to get a guy like brock back um you know we feel real good about the 10 guys we've been running out there week in week out for for the most part um and you know he gives us he gives us an 11th and uh uh it was good to see him back out there you know obviously with Brad down right now a bonus there too i thought he played really well he was coming off major knee acl sur- you know surgery uh played you know really i think we went into it thinking he probably just played the first game um you know, but he was really good, and, and there was a lot of, you know, adrenaline running in the room, and, and Maddie decided to go back to him again on, on Saturday, and I thought he he played well in that game too. Now, he's a little sore and a little bunked up, so we had we had to put him on the first level, so he won't be available for us on Friday night, but we're hopeful that, uh, you know, there, there's a good chance he could play for Sunday if we need him, and, uh, yeah, it was – <clears throat> excuse me like it's it's like picking someone up you know it's like getting yeah. Damon back this year I mean you forget that we didn't have Damon last year and you know I, I put Damon right up there with the top defenders in this league and in, in, in so many ways and and you see him out there playing and you go yeah we, you know and it's like we're playing without Robbie right now. I mean, and I know other teams are too, but I, I don't care about them. Like, you know, when I when I sit here and think about the Toronto Rock, like, you know, the reality is we we've we've infused a ton of youth here. Um, you know, we we it seems like we we've hit hit it out of the park here on the American experiment as far as you know what how it's gone so far and and the way we expect it to continue to grow I mean I I think that that's gone as well as you could have imagined you know the record the record's better you know after what we went through last year and the reality is we're doing it without our best offensive player who's 23 years old and and you know we're not going to see this year but he he's going to be ready to go in the next you know as soon as this next couple months and and uh i know he's working hard and and that excites me you know so i'm excited now uh coming into this weekend start uh the first two games friday night in vancouver um you know a 13-7 win over the same team just a few days ago here in toronto um 
we don't want to say that at times it looked easy, but it was a fairly dominating win, I think, really from start to finish on the Rock. Um, what do you expect from Friday night and, and a Vancouver team that will be really starting to get into a position where they're fighting for their fighting for their season? Yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, it was a dominant performance. Call it what it was. I, I loved it, but it means nothing. You know, and that was the message last night at practice. Uh, you know, yeah, they're fighting for a playoff spot. They haven't been doing well at home record-wise. So, you know, they're always, you know, teams always want to play well at home. Um, you know, if we go into that game thinking, eh, hey, we beat them 13-7, you know, pretty handily last Saturday. So that's going to happen again on Friday. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll hand it to us. No doubt about that. You know, we all know this league and, um, you know, uh, I'm confident that if we show up and play our game for 60 minutes, um, you know, the the result will take care of itself. So that's, uh, that's the message. And the travel that is about to go on here, um, you know, talking uh, just over email a little bit today with Casey Behrens and him saying, you know, this looks like it's going to be one for the record books here with the, the travel cross-country from Toronto to Vancouver, a little drive to Langley, and then, uh, you know, a little drive back to the airport and then uh, all the way to Newark, New Jersey, a bus ride to Uncasville and an afternoon game to top it all off on the Sunday. Uh, what do you think? Just don't, don't forget the bus ride back to Boston yeah. after the game on Sunday <laughs> night to try and get home. Yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, you can never predict what effect travel is going to have on anybody, you know, going into that Sunday afternoon game. But um, it, it has to be a little bit of a concern going into this weekend. It is what it is. <laughs> I think got to play the game. Yeah, I get it. Yep. I was trying to get Casey upgraded on our flight into one of the pods, so I don't yeah. know if that's going to come through. <laughs> but, uh, listen, it is what it is. Um, you know, I've heard stories, you know, I think both Colorado and Saskatchewan, leaving Saskatchewan, flying to Minnesota, to Denver, getting into, you know, and arriving at the arena at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, what's worse, five hours on play? It, it, we all get these uh, yeah. wacky weekends. This one's as wacky as I've seen, like, but it is what it is, and, and there'll be no excuses. Uh, we'll deal with it, and hopefully uh, – you know, the guys, this is, an, this is a huge weekend, as every weekend is and every game is. This is a huge weekend for our team, and hopefully we can, you know, go out to Vancouver and and get one on Friday night in a place that we've been pretty successful in. And, uh, you know, we've been through that whole routine before, so that's where our focus is now. And, you know, I like to believe if we can go and do that, that you can kind of ride that – travel day momentum in, into Sunday like we did last weekend. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's not easy, but it, 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 won't, be, uh, it won't be an excuse or the reason we win or, or lose, you know, this weekend. Yep. And starting it off right with a win, I'll always make that uh, flight and bus ride a little bit shorter on Saturday. No, it won't. It's going to be yeah, long. Well, it's it's gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah, After I all bet, that, no, it's not going to be long. <laughs> it's get the, that the plane ride and the bus ride on Saturday is going to be long. Gonna be right. long. Okay. All, right. all right, Jamie. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, enjoy all the uh, the time you're going to spend on the airplane, but more so uh, the time in the rink with the two games this weekend. Uh, we'll uh, circle back again soon. Right on. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back in a moment with more.
Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Continuing on here, Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis. We now welcome in uh, Saturday night's first star of the game, none other than number 66, Nick Rose. Rosie, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Better after scoring your second goal of the season? Uh, better after the big weekend we had as a team, winning two, two games back-to-back. That's a very sportsy answer. Standard. <laughs> well, it's the truth. We put ourselves in it a good is. position. Absolutely. And, I mean, uh, you know, what a what a season it's been already. What a season for you uh, individually, but uh, obviously more so as the team here as we all continue to march towards uh, getting back to the playoffs after uh, a season that I think everybody wants to forget in 20, uh, 2016. But um, let's talk a little bit about the weekend here, Friday night in Georgia. Uh, we've already talked to Jamie Dowick uh, a little bit about the game earlier on uh, here on the program, but um, going through it on Friday night, you know, chasing the game for the most part, when when you are in a position where you are chasing the game, um, I even talked to Bruce Codd a little bit about this last week too on the show, but it, do you feel any more pressure in that when, you, when you're behind by a couple goals and it always just seems like, you know, you, it, it seems like the pressure is shifting towards the defense to get those stops to allow the offense to get back into it? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a bit, uh, a bit more pressure, but uh, you, you work to get the lead in a game, and uh, especially in that game, I don't think we had the lead at all until, till overtime maybe. So, um, for us to kind of stick with it uh, was was a good sign for us. I mean, we've lost a lot of uh, really close games this year, and haven't kind of came out on the right side of those ones. So, for us to stick with it and beat a really good team. Uh, on the road is uh, was a huge uh, po- positive sign for for this club. And being a veteran guy yourself, and, and this theme seems to be popping up as well, is that you know this team, especially the young group, had to learn how to win the close games. And you know Matt Sawyer talked about it, Jamie talked about it here earlier on the show. We've talked about it all season long, and you know it's come up because the team hadn't been successful yet in those situations. Now you have that success on Friday night, and. You know, you get the win, but, you know, what does it do just overall for the psyche of a team? And what have you seen it do um, for these young guys here getting that win on Friday? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously a young guy in Reed Reinhold stepped up huge this weekend, had the tying goal Friday and the game winner. So to see those young guys starting to step up and help us win games to kind of see the payoff at, at the end of the day is uh, big big for experience for them. And uh as vets, we kind of recognize how big how big those wins are down the road. And just wanted to ask you here, Rosie. Typically, in the NLL season, very or very rarely, I guess, do you play two games in twenty four hours? Um, and that's something you guys did this weekend. How do you adjust differently, or do you adjust differently with the short turnaround on the second game? You know, maybe travel. Uh, you know, got to get the body back ready to go on such a short notice compared to you know having a week off like a typical week would be could you just touch on that and kind of your process in that situation yeah I think the big thing for uh back-to-backs is you really have to focus on trying to get that first one because uh at the end of the day you can't uh, kind of win both without winning the first one so we really put a lot of emphasis on that Friday night game in Georgia and obviously they're a division rival so we knew that uh, it was going to be a, a really big one so we went we were able to kind of stick with the game and and win that one and then um Saturday, uh, obviously, we kind of had uh, quite a bit of travel and got back a bit before we kind of had to head over to the ACC. So it, it, it's tough, but uh, 
a lot, especially the older guys are used to it now, and it's just kind of the cards you get dealt at the start of the season. You kind of see on the schedule the the weekends that are going to be a little tougher on travel. And once Saturday kind of hits, you're you're focused on on the next team. You gotta you gotta play that night, and uh, yeah, you you do kind of have to try and get as much rest as you can, and kind of stay off uh, your legs and that kind of stuff. So um, it, it was tough, but. Uh, so sometimes it's kind of okay to go into a game where kind of everything's a little jumbled and and then you don't kind of overthink things can just kind of go out and play. And uh, one other thing, I know Hammer brought it up, like, you know, the goal Saturday night there. I just wanted to get your opinion on, you know, as the week's gone on here, I'm seeing more and more on the internet, you know, bar stool, bar down. You look back, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people chanting your name. It's it's kind of been surreal the last couple of days, really. Uh, if you could just touch on that. And, uh, you know, when you started playing lacrosse at a young age, did you ever see that as a as a possibility where you are now here? Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, I think I kind of always knew I wanted to play at uh, a level like this. But, um, yeah, I mean, even even a few weeks ago, they, like we had lost three or four kind of things that, we're looking a bit more bleak and uh for us to be able to turn around and uh kind of get our mojo back uh is a great feeling and obviously scoring the goal and the publicity that's been great hopefully it gives our game a bit of exposure uh kind of in the mainstream but uh at the end of the day wins are the most important and uh we have to kind of keep going because we have another huge weekend here is the is the whole I guess <clears throat> topic or aura whatever uh, that you want to say around back to backs is it overblown a little bit in the NLL because you know you played back to back games this week we we talked about it quite extensively last week on the podcast that uh, you know we both had differing opinions of how the goaltending situation might sort out if Brandon Miller was going to get into the net for the first time this year or not uh, Matt Sawyer obviously decided to go back to back with you. He's had a long history of coaching you in the past, and he's made the comment to me, you know, uh, I'll say this off air, but, you know, that he's coached you in junior where you would play four or five, maybe even six games over a seven or eight day period in arenas that with the humidity are probably into the 120 degree range type thing, you know, and you've played all those games uh, without any issue and had success is the back-to-back kind of is it overhyped is it overblown overanalyzed here in the NLL you know is, is there any issue with a goaltender playing two games in two days um no I, I don't I don't think there's much of an issue I mean uh, obviously it's tougher than than a weekend where you only have one game but um yeah I mean every goalie in the NLL I mean they've played through junior series where you've had to play five or six games in seven or eight nights and it, it's a grind and uh you, you just kind of get used to it and wh- like, like I said before like you kind of see those back-to-backs on the schedule as soon as they come out and you have to kind of wrap your head around it and uh, just kind of move on start start with the first one go to the second game and kind of see where things kind of fall after that but uh, it, it's tougher than a regular game week but uh, I think it might be a little overblown and looking ahead to this week now, Rosie, you know, you were part of obviously last year's dis- disappointing <coughs> season from a team perspective. Um, how imp- don't want to get ahead of myself here, but, you know, you have the potential to really seal a playoff berth, at least in some form or another, with a couple wins this weekend, you know, getting to the 10-win mark. And how important is it, uh, you know, for you guys to, to do that, first of all, pick up the two wins this weekend and, and get back to where, the you know, the prestige of the Toronto Rock organization really 
is known for and you know being a, a lock for the playoffs year in and year out yeah no doubt um excuse me um i think i think for this team uh especially with how some of the losses have gone it's kind of been a bit of that feeling like because we got off to the good start uh where it's kind of been like uh oh, we're still kind of all right and hanging on and we weren't very we didn't have that desperation kind of when we went on a bit of a skid and i think this we this past weekend kind of rejuvenated us a little bit to kind of realize how tight the standings have be- or have become and we we've set ourselves up in a good position now after winning the last two games and we're we're game back or whatever of uh, the bye so i think the boys kind of recognize how big a how big a buy can be in playoffs, especially with the uh, first round being just a one game or so. We, uh, I think we got that desperation back, and uh, obviously this weekend's another huge one on our schedule uh, for the stretch run. And uh, I think I think the boys are really focused on just worrying about Vancouver Friday, and then th- this weekend's a bit uh, better with the buffer day Saturday, where we can uh, really start to prepare for New England on Sunday. So. We're going to focus on Friday. Hopefully uh, things go according to plan this weekend and and we can clinch a playoff spot one way or another. But uh, we're just kind of worrying about uh, that first game and we'll see. Now going out to Langley, uh, <clears throat> you know, you spent a couple of uh, summers out in BC playing uh, Senior A lacrosse. Uh, is this one of those weekends that you kind of look forward to to get uh, back out to BC and uh, maybe run into uh, a few familiar faces out there and whatnot? Um, yeah, no, this is always a, a good weekend. Usually, uh, kind of when the schedule's set up a little differently, a lot of the boys that have played o- out there usually stay an extra day or two to kind of see some friends that you made over the years. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Ho- hopefully a few familiar faces uh, for myself will be in the crowd and we'll get a chance to chat with, with some people afterwards. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, especially with the Canadian matchup, uh, uh, we, we have a couple Western guys on the team, so it's nice for them to get home and uh, be, be a bit more comfortable. All right. Well, it sounds like the party has started already here at the office. I don't know what's going on, but everybody's excited out uh, in the hallway and where everybody's pumped up after those couple of wins. So, uh, Rosie, thanks a lot for taking some time to join us here, and uh, best of luck this weekend. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Nick Rose, Toronto Rock goaltender, joining us here in studio. We'll take a short break on Toronto Rock Total Access, and we will be back to wrap up the show in a moment. Like the legend of the phoenix, ends where beginnings. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here with you to wrap up the show. We will get to... Uh, we will get to predicting who we think are going to win each of these games. And uh, let's start off with looking at Friday night, the Vancouver Stealth. The Toronto Rock defeated Vancouver 13-7, of course, here uh, on this past Saturday night in Toronto. Um, I don't think either of us are expecting too much different on Friday. However, maybe one wild card in this whole thing could be if Garrett Billings suits up maybe he gives their offensive a bit uh offense a bit of a a spark but if we look back at the last few games he's been a healthy scratch the last four games and uh you know they've uh they've i think they're three and three in their last six something like that and i don't think there's any reason to believe he is going to be back in the lineup but um that could be one thing that could change the course of this game a little bit but uh, even that i don't think will necessarily change the outcome of this game no, I, I agree. I don't think he's uh, obviously a great player. I don't think he's coming in and 
would have changed the outcome of last week's game and I, I fully expect Toronto to win this week as well uh you know being on the road maybe it's a you, you could you could make the argument it's a little tougher um score wise I'm gonna go very similar actually um I think Toronto might bury just a couple more goals uh you know having a little more energy being first game of the week I'm gonna go uh 14-9. I think, you know, they maybe bury a couple more being at home. I don't think, you know, two at by half is a little a little light, so I'll give them a, a couple more than that. And 14-9, Friday night Toronto Rock victory will be my uh, my prediction. I'm going to, uh, along the similar lines in, in thinking that Vancouver is going to score a few more goals at home, I'm going to go 15-11 Toronto. Um, but 14-9, I like that score too. I don't have a problem with it. Hey, at this point, uh, you, you know you want you're going there for the wins, the two points. You just want to keep keep chipping away here, and you know obviously you want to play well. But the, a win's a win; doesn't matter uh, the score or how they come. Now, do you think they stick with Belanger and that? I I do. It's like I was just saying to you here off air. It feels like uh, it's kind of sink or swim with Belanger right now, and uh, I feel like those couple great performances he did have kind of kind of led to that. Although. I, I mean, the team, and he has been a little suspect overall in the bigger picture of things. If you you know you take away those couple great games, there's a couple not so great games in there. But uh, I would I'd be surprised if it's not Belanger in that Friday. Uh, yeah, and I, and I fully expect Rose will be in that for the for the boys again here as well. Yeah, we haven't gone into the great goaltender controversy that we created last week, kind of, sort of, but not really. Um, so we'll move ahead to Sunday. Um, do you think there's any chance we don't see Nick Rose between the pipes again on Sunday? No, I, I think he's going to uh, put in both again here. And, I mean, I, I said if there was an opportunity, I thought it would have been on the back-to-back. They have the day off in between here now. I know travel, but, uh, you know, as we heard from Nick Rose, he thought the back-to-backs were a little overhyped in the NLL anyways. Yeah. So um, I think he's going to be playing both again. And, I mean, you know, barring worst-case scenario Friday night. But uh, I think if my prediction holds up, Toronto Rock goes in, plays a solid game, wins. He has a great game. There's no reason that uh, he won't be back in there Sunday in New England, which I think will be a tighter game, division game. Usually is the first time these guys played this year, you know, overtime game. Um, Prediction-wise, I I do think Toronto's going to win this one again as well. Uh, And it's kind of crazy looking back at the, uh, you know, the start of these four games if – we were kind of saying, you know, tough schedule, two and two, three and one. Realistically, would have put the guys in a good spot here. And now we're talking the opportunity to be, you know, four and zero. Oh, hopefully, I think that's a, a great opportunity. And I think, uh, you know, the, the boys see that and bye week next week as well, so they can pretty much, you know, put her all on the line this week. Uh, score wise, as I said, going to be tighter. I'm going to go lower scoring than uh, the Vancouver game. I'm going to go 10-8 Toronto Sunday. I also believe two-goal spread just because uh, New England is is scrappy. They're a scrappy club. Led by scrappy Sean Evans, too, yep. so you never know what. Uh, 13-11, I think, is going to be the final in favor of the Rock. Um, Kevin Crowley, also a guy to, uh, to worry about as well, and uh, Toronto fans – Know him fairly well from his uh, short time here in 2015, but uh, I just think again the Rock will be too much for uh, for New England and and the depth of this team I think will 
will come through again and probably, you know, we could see another Reed Reinhold jump up, maybe score two or three goals, or, you know, we'll see whose turn it is. Maybe it's Dan Lindner, maybe it's Casey Behrens, but so far this year it seems like every every game out it's been somebody. And Brett Hickey has been pretty darn good lately as well. Um, you know, I, I don't think right now there's a lot of guys you can turn to on the Rock roster and say, you know, that guy really needs to pick up his game or – you know, this team's going to have success if this guy can just be a little bit better. Everybody seems to be contributing, and, uh, you know, every guy's not going to score two or three goals, you know, on the offensive side every night, but somebody's going to have a night, and it seems like right now it's been uh, spread around pretty good. And, you know, we haven't really talked a lot about Tom Schreiber, it seems like, the last couple of weeks, but he keeps kind of chugging along, getting his points, doing his thing. Um, I think he's getting a lot more respect and a lot more attention now out on the floor and now I think this is again crunch time where it's almost another one of those benchmarks where now we again get to see can he overcome things can he continue to take things to the next level and be the guy for the rock yeah oh for sure and I definitely think he's getting more attention Mm -hmm. and and it's warranted he's been burying Mm -hmm. some teams early on here yeah or in the first half of the season and still still is getting his points and the points or the goals may not be there as necessarily as much as they were early on but uh, you know you know watch the games that's all you have to see him you know taking the extra coverage or the double coverage or he's still drawing defenders over opening up room for other guys still making uh you know great plays out there setting up a lot of things and uh, you know he's I thought he's made a great adjustments according to what he's had to do as the season's gone on as things kind of do get tighter down the stretch and teams you know realize who Tom Schreiber is at the start you know, you just think, just who's this field across guy coming in, kind of playing our game here? What's he going to bring? And he's brought it, and uh, I thought he's done very well, and I, I expect him to continue it on to this this weekend. One thing you did mention though about like guys stepping in and out or stepping up, and it has actually been crazy. And you mentioned Littner, healthy scratch Friday, hat trick Saturday, and that that's kind of been the the same story all year with different guys and. Uh, I think it's helped really, really helped the uh, the Toronto Rock offense, which has helped the success of the overall product, and it's great to watch. And it's funny because uh, that you mentioned that is uh, <clears throat> I can remember back. Uh, I guess this was maybe a month or so ago. Had a chat with Colin Doyle, and he just talked about how Terry Sanderson had this uncanny knack of being able to just pull guys out of the lineup and put the right guy in. And even when he thought, you know, oh, this guy had a great game. He's got to be going again. No, boom, this guy's going to come in and step up. And while I think early in the season there was a lot more of that in and out, I feel like now it seems like there's obviously with the roster freeze as well coming up tomorrow, uh, Thursday as we record this, um, there now seems to be that set group offensively up there that's probably going to be going every game now. But um, early in the season, it was kind of plug guys in, take them in, take them out. Who's going to step up? Reinhold seems to be one of the best examples of a guy being able to be plugged in and, and do that. And, you know, Caputo's done that as well. Um, and now it seems to be that by committee approach that they seem to have found probably the right mix. So, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of amazing how some coaches do have the knack for being able to do that. They they can pick those right guys and those right little adjustments to make, and and they get the guys in the lineup that are going to uh, going to produce. And and now that that group's together, it seems like uh, 
it's going to be a fun fun thing to watch here down the stretch for sure. Oh, for sure. Totally agree. One thing that uh, I, I'm just cluing in here and really kind of regretting my prediction on the New England game is that Sean didn't play the first game, Sean Evans. That's true, yes. And, you know, I think the score was 9-8 overtime, 8-7 yeah. or around there. And I accounted for a 10-8 win, so I have Sean Evans <laughs> doing nothing Sunday. Yeah, having zero impact. <laughs> right, and they're the still scoring time. eight. Wow. So him back in the lineup, obviously very dangerous player. And, I mean, a guy they're going to have to key in on, you mentioned Crowley. So just a another threat the Toronto Rock defense will have to, uh, you know, dial up on. But uh, all year they've been there. Best defense in the league according to the numbers, so I don't see uh, see why they wouldn't be able to to you know match the test all right well uh that pretty well brings us to a close short-term long-term trade on hiatus again this week it's uh you know you always got to leave them wanting more so uh we're gonna we're gonna table it well, for that, this week that active trade deadline allowed us to take the yeah. short-term long-term <laughs> trade off right exactly it was good filler material this week <laughs> yeah. um so don't forget uh the Rock will be in action a couple times over the weekend, like we mentioned uh, several times. Friday night, 10.30 starts uh, out west, uh, 10.30 eastern. Uh, you can watch that game on NLLTV.com. You can also watch uh, Sunday's game, 1 o'clock against New England, in that exact same spot, NLLTV.com. Then The Rock will have a bye week, and make sure you pay close attention to all The Rock's social media and uh, website and whatnot. A great offer coming up next week. Next week only during the Rocks bye week um, to get your hands on some tickets for Fan Appreciation Night for Friday, April the 14th. Good Friday against the Buffalo Bandits. Uh, could be a massive swing game here depending on what happens over the weekend. It could be a chance for the Rock to pretty much sew things up entirely in terms of a playoff spot and a home playoff game depending on how everything uh, goes down over the next little bit. But uh, nonetheless, it's final regular season home game. It's a game you do not want to miss. It's the Bandits. It's the middle of April. It's Good Friday. It's uh, There's no reason not to come, right, KD? No, not at all. It's going to be great. I can't wait. All right. Well, on that note, we will wrap things up. In the meantime and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock saying that's it. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We'll chat again next week. Stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock.